Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Today, two episodes of Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Enjoy. As Richard Diamond, private detective. Diamond Detective Agency, the smiling gumshoe. Rick. Sign up for our new contest and win yourself a beautiful all-chrome, pre-tested, genuine electric chair. Oh, lovely. What do I have to do? Just tear off your scalp and send it along with 25 words or less why you love Richard Diamond. I can do it in two words. What are they? You're pretty. Oh, you win, you win. Where do you want the chair sent, madam? 975 Park Avenue, but I think I have AC current. No problem with the Jiffy Toaster chair. It works on any current AC DC. And we have it in three speeds 45, 78, and long playing. Oh, no. Oh, Rick, that's awful. Hello, baby. Hi. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. What's with you? Oh, I just thought I'd call and find out if I'm still going to see you tonight. Yes, ma'am. We gonna stay in? Well, I thought I'd have Francis fix dinner and we could sit around and listen to records or something, but if you'd rather go out, I... No, 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 baby. I think that would be lovely. And so does my bank account. Oh, broke again? Not quite. A little bent. I hope the next client I get has a big, fat trust fund. Well, don't you worry about it. I'll see you around eight. Okay. Bye, baby. Bye. Oh, uh, now let's see. Six shirts, four pairs of socks, and... Hey, how did that get in there? Well. Oh. Okay, okay. Yeah? Well, what's the matter with you? You lost up my laundry. What are you talking about? Today isn't Tuesday. Okay, Walt, so it isn't Tuesday. Nothing's happening around this place. I felt like doing some washing. Why don't you put it away and come on down here? I'll give you something to do. What do you mean? You sound like you're surrounded by Sergeant Otis's relatives. I got a big headache. I think maybe you can help me with it. Trouble? All over the place. You don't have to, but I'd like to, well, sort of kick it around with you. Sure, sure, sure. I'll throw a few more things into soak and I'll be right down. Oh, thanks, Rick. Hey, it's really serious, isn't it? Now, what makes you say that? Look, Father... Every time your ulcers hold a rally and you want me to come down and join in, you say, thanks, Rick, just like I'd laid an egg or something for you. Oh, you think you're pretty smart, don't you? Sure. If I listen to everybody who thinks I'm not, I'd wind up playing mumbly peg in a straitjacket. I'll be right over. Well, that's the way trouble can get in the way of an otherwise quiet afternoon. Walt doesn't usually call me like that, but when he does, I know things are bound to get pretty rough. I tossed all of my shirts into soak, closed up the office. Twenty minutes later, I was walking into the squad room of the 5th Precinct Police Station. I spotted Sergeant Otis hopping around like a crapshooter on his 10th pass. Well, what's with you, Otis? Huh? Oh, don't bother me now, Shamus. I gotta get these reports into Lieutenant. Well, well, get you. What's the matter? Did you suddenly discover you were working for the police department? Uh, now, that's very funny. Ha, ha, ha. 
Okay, you gotta laugh. Now beat it. The lieutenant expects you. Well, all right. But for Pete's sake, Otis, stop acting like that and don't bust into the lieutenant's office like that. You'll swear you've been doped and start an investigation. Shama, someday I ain't even gonna bother to answer you. Sergeant, the day you don't open your mouth to say something stupid, the whole world will start singing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And while I think about it, why don't you start combing your hair? What's the matter with it? Looks like a mattress after the lions got through with it. Oh. Hello, Walt. Hello, Rick. Sit down. Oh, maybe I should have worn black. Hmm? That or a propeller on my hat. First, I run into Otis, acting like he was shot out of a cannon. Then I waltz in here and you give me that big hello like you just discovered a body in your desk. Land Jacoby is back in town. What? Yes. Oh, but... But we got an indictment on him. Got him deported six years ago. Look, Rick, there's no mistake. One of our stoolies brought us word. Oh, but that's crazy. Jacoby knows the feds will pick him up in a second. How'd he get back in? Who knows? Florida, maybe. Last we heard, he disappeared in Italy. And about six months later, we got a report he was seen in Cuba. Oh, are you just going to take the stoolies word for it? Uh, what else have you got? I got three bodies to date, and they're all very dead. Jacoby? It's got to be. Why? Well, the first two are the guys that turned state's evidence and helped to put Jacoby away. You remember them, Ross and Kreisel. Jacoby swear he'd get him someday. Who's the third? The stoolie who gave us the tip. Walked out of the station and somebody with a Thompson scattered them all over the front steps. Right in front of the station? Yeah, it'll be in the evening papers. The commissioner is very unhappy. How about the feds? Are they working on him? Up to their necks, but nobody can find out how he got in or where he might be hiding out. Oh, here's something else that makes a sure it's Jacoby. In this town, there are at least five of Jacoby's old mob. The minute this thing broke, we started to check. They've all disappeared. You think they're organizing again? Oh, Walt, come on Rick, now. I don't know what to think. That's why I wanted you to come down. You're one of the guys who worked on the Jacoby case. You remember a lot about it. Well, sure, but... Oh, now you can't tell me Jacoby is going to try to start operating again. It's a one-way pass to that little green room up at Sing Sing. I know it, I know it, I know it. But you tell me. I don't know how to figure it. You can't find anybody else who's seen Jacoby. No, just the stoolie. He's going to make a swell witness. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant. Yeah? Uh, we just got a report on the teletype. Jacoby? Uh, yeah. Florida reports the body of a man found out in the Biscayne Keys. Uh, they check and find out he was a Cuban. Uh, charter boats for fishing trips. And the immigration boys check with the authorities in Cuba, and it turns out that this dead guy took a party of two out for a trip and never uh, showed up again. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said a party of two? Yeah. A dame and a guy. Well, what makes you think the guy with the dame was Jacoby? Because the description fitted Jacoby exactly. And the feds say that Jacoby married a dame in Italy. And the dame that got on the boat fits the wife's description. Mm-hmm. Well, Rick? That's uh, ridiculous. Okay. We now agree on two things. Leon Jacoby is back in the States, and it's ridiculous. Will you give me a hand? I need somebody who really knew Jacoby. Hey, Diamond, did you really know Jacoby? Sure, sure, Otis. We used to go out and shoot dumb police sergeants together. Oh, hey, Lieutenant, why don't he ever give me a straight answer? Because it wouldn't fit your crooked head. Now go out and dig up some more reports. Okay. All right, Walt. Now let's let's say Jacoby's going to start operating again. He's made sure of one thing. Nobody who's seen him is alive enough to testify. So? So this. I'll eight to five, Jacoby's going to make a quick haul someplace and do one more killing. You expect the killing? Uh, I expect an attempt. He's gotten two of the guys who put him away. He's just got uh, one more guy to tag. He said he'd do it himself and with a knife. That means he's got to find you. Yeah. The haul must be really important for him to risk coming into the States. He probably needs money to keep going, so he'll pull off the job and then try to get me. And he'll leave the country the same way he came in. Nobody can ever swear they saw him. Except the five guys in his mob. 
I think he'll kill every one of them, too. That's a lot of doing. Jacoby's a lot of killer. Now, we've got to find out where at least one of those guys is. We'll find Jacoby and try and stop the slaughter. Yeah, but you've got to watch your step, Rick. There's no telling when he's going to pull off the job and try to go to work on you. Look, I'm not happy about it. I'm really the guy who's responsible for putting Jacoby away, and I know him pretty well. He's got a vendetta, Walt. And guys like Jacoby don't figure they're their brother's keeper. The score is two out of three is one to go. He'll try his best to kill me and even it up. Well, where do you say we start? Ah, uh, I know. Oh, give me a list of the five guys you think are with Jacoby and all the information on them you got. It is right here. All right. Put two of your best men on these three guys at the bottom of the list, and you and I will start with these two on top. Okay, but I hope we find Jacoby in time. Walt, so do I. The way he uses that knife, I'll have to have all my clothes made out of bandage. Walt assigned two of his best men to start checking on the three names at the bottom of the list, and we took off for Flatbush. Our first man was a hoodlum named George Vale, and one of his favorite hangouts was a pool hall on Church Avenue. Snooker or straight pool? We want to talk. You want to talk? Go over to the park. Get yourself a box. Oh, look, your wisecracks can only give you a hollow mouth. Show him the badge, Walt. Oh, cops. Well, what do you want? You know a man named George Vale? No. Nope. Let's go. Hey, wait a minute. Look, I'm not going to fool around. The answers here will be a lot easier. We know Vale comes here a lot. If you don't want to tell us about him, the boys at the station have got time to help your memory along. You can't haul me in. What's the charge? Withholding police evidence. It can get you a couple of years. Let's go. Hey, wait a minute. Okay. Okay what? Oh, wait a minute. I just want to be sure no one sees me talking to you. Okay. I don't know much. Vale ain't been in here for a couple of days. Where does he live? I don't know. I swear I don't, but... I do know it's in the neighborhood. Sometimes I see him coming out of a little delicatessen across the street with a bundle of groceries. Let's go, Walt. Yeah. Oh, uh, thanks, Sporty. It's guys like you who make the police department such a happy little group. So, good afternoon, gentlemen. You own this place... Yes, there's something wrong. Does a man named George Vale come in here much? Oh, something is wrong. I told Mama that George was a no good. Then he does come in here. You're a policeman, maybe. Yes, we're policemen. Now, would you mind telling us, please, if uh, whether... Mama! Mamala! Oh, she must be out and back. I want to show her. She liked this George Philly. He was always with the flattery. Now I want to show her what happens to that no good. Mamala! Uh, please, please. We haven't got much time. Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. You must excuse an old man in so little excitement. So, now what can I do for you? Do you know where George Vale lives? Sure, sure. I'm sending him over stuff lots of times. He's up two blocks, but he ain't there. How do you know that? Because his wife, she's coming in for the last couple of days. Uh, she said he was out of town on business. He's got a wife? Sure, sure. A blunt. Uh, she's not bad looking. Well, <laughs> You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Bale's exact address? Uh, here, I'll write for you on a piece of paper. What time you got, Rick? Uh, 2.30. Uh, dear our gentlemen, I hope you catch him for whatever he's done that no good. Uh, we'll have to ask you not to mention this to anybody. Not even to Mama. Well, okay, to Mama. But you tell Mama to keep it a secret. Oh, oh, a secret. Well, maybe I'm not telling you for a couple of days yet. Come on, Walt. we going down to see Vale's wife? No, I got a better idea. Well, don't you think she'd know where Vale is? Maybe, but she's not going to tell us. But if we throw a scare into her, she might tell her husband something. If she knows where he is. Get Otis down here with a recording outfit. 
We'll wait until we see her leave the apartment and bug the place. No sense in tailing you. If Vale is with Jacoby, he wouldn't give her the address. Maybe he didn't tell her anything. Maybe he just took off. Yeah, that's a chance we got to take. Maybe uh, he gave her a phone number where he could be reached. On the way down to the Vale address, put in a call at the precinct. Right. KXKB to KQAR. I'm at the corner of Flatbush and Church. Have Sergeant Otis report to me on a code three and tell him to step on it. Walt finished his report, and we both went over and talked with the landlady in Vale's building. She told us that Mrs. Vale was still in her room and gave us an accurate description. Also, she agreed to pull down her window shade when Mrs. Vale left the building so that there wouldn't be a chance of missing her. Then we went back to the car to wait. In about 15 minutes, Otis showed up carrying a small portable recorder. Uh, here you are, Lieutenant. All right. Get in the back seat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wire somebody's apartment? No. I just thought it might be fun to play cops and robbers. Yeah. Now, relax. We might be here for quite a while. Uh, not so long, Walt. Look. Hmm? There goes the landlady's signal. Yeah. Mrs. Vale should be... There she comes. Yeah. Otis, get set. Hmm? We got to go up there and plant a bug before she comes back. I'm set. I got four cars at the intersections just in case she's got a car. If she walks, I got four men to tailor, depending on her direction. Yeah, she's crossing the street. KXKB to KQAR. Car 79314. Stand by. Rick, you notice, get up there with a the bug. Right. Come on, Otis. Yeah. Right with you. Attention. The suspect is turning into Church Avenue, heading for a new lot. Long, five feet four, wearing checkered coat and carrying a black bag. In here, Otis. Yeah. Well, this is a room. The landlady said she'd unlock it for us as soon as Mrs. Vale left the building. Bingo. Go on in. Okay, okay. Now, plant it just like you knew what you were doing, Sergeant. I'll take the box down in the basement where we can listen. Give me five minutes and then give me a quick test. Ooh, how long have I got to set it up? Who knows? Don't worry about it too much. If Mrs. Vale comes in, just tell her you're selling tape recorders. Oh, she won't believe that. Otis, with your face, you'll have to believe something as stupid as that. I dropped the wire out of the window and went out and down into the basement. It was a slipshod way of wiring a room, but we were in a hurry and it would have to be enough. I set it up and waited for Otis to start croaking. Okay, Diamond, I'll start counting. One, two, three, four, five, uh... Six. Hey, I think I hear something coming. I'm going out the window. I'll see you in the basement. She nearly caught me. I come down the fire escape. Well, come on in. Yeah. Hey, how's it working? All right. Listen. Hey, she ain't got a bad voice. You probably got me plugged in with Morton Downey. What are we going to do? Just sit here and listen? The lieutenant's going to give Mrs. Vale a scare, orders. Then we're going to listen. Mm, I don't get it. Shh. That's Walt. Sounds pretty good, Don. Shut up, Otis. Yeah? I'm looking for your husband, Mrs. Vale. He isn't here. He's out of town. What's wrong? He's wanted. For what? Murder. Mind if I come in? Got a warrant? Okay, make it tough. Where's your husband? I told you. Well, we're out of town. He 
didn't tell me. Okay, I'll be back with a warrant. Now we'll see if it works. Stay here and keep this thing going. I got to get back to the lieutenant. Did it work? Yeah, like a dream. She called Evergreen 33349 and talked to George. I'll check the number. You start driving north, so we'll be in the general exchange area. KXKB calling KQAR. Code 600 Evergreen 3. We headed across town while Walt put in the code to the precinct. Less time than it takes Sergeant Otis to say, oh yeah, we had our address. Well, wouldn't you know it? Another pool hall. Yeah, a guy must like the game. Hope he's in. Pretty crowded, I don't see. Oh, yeah. yeah. There he is. He sees us. He's going for the back door. Let's grab him. Right. Hey, let me go. Take All your right. hands off me, Joe. You're busting my arm. Just take it easy, Vale. All we want to do is talk to you. Come on, outside. Okay, okay. Go on, Vale. In the car. Quit shoving. I'm going. Walt, I'll wait. Now, Rick. Where did that shot come from? Got Vale in the chest. Yeah, across the street. Stay down. Yeah, look. Look, Vale, you're not going into place now. We know you're working for Jacoby, and we know he's close. The guy who just shot you is working for Jacoby, too. You're not going to cover up for a louse who just fingered you, are you? Jacoby's looking for you, too, Diamond. He's going to cut you up bad. Where's the hideout, Vale? I'm going to put in an 800 on this, Rick. I want this whole area surrounded. Come on, Vale. Where's Jacoby? All right. Fifty-five. Uh... No, swell. Repeat, code 800 from Central Park West to 10th, from 59th Street to 64th Street, KXKC, now at Pool Hall, 9th Avenue, 60th Street. Okay, Rick, what's with Vale? Yeah, nothing. Dead? Yeah. Gave me half of Jacoba's address, 455, and then made the trip. 455? Well, come on, there can't be too many 455s within walking distance. What about Vale? Yeah, I'll call him for the wagon. Go ahead, I'll... I'll start checking apartment numbers. Now, you wait a minute. You better take it easy. Jacoby would like nothing better than to have you go knocking on his front door. If I know Jacoby, Walt, he's got the radio on and he knows just what you're doing. Besides, that finger man will tell him about Vale. Somebody's got to find him before he makes a break. He's done enough killing. Well, if you do run into something, you wait for the boys. Walt. Yeah? Bye. I took off and started checking addresses that began with 455. The first was cold turkey, nothing but a married couple who looked like they were in training for Madison Square Garden. I moved on. Somewhere in that neighborhood, Leon Jacoby was listening to his radio. Car 3, code 800, 455 to 61st Street. Car 16, 17, and 18. Shut it off, Jane. But Leon, Avenue, same what's wrong code. in this whole area? Shut it off. All right. All right. 
I wish the boys would get back. All right, take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, who is it? Eddie, boss. Okay. Boss, the cops... Come in, come in, come in. Two cops picked up Bill in the pool hall. Oh, so that's what it's all about. That veil will talk. No, he, he won't. What do you mean? Well, I waited across the street. Got veiled when he came out with the two pigs. Oh, you did, huh? <laughs> well, well, you did me a favor, Ed. When I figured you didn't want anybody around that would might squeal, you know, veil, wife and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what else you did, Ed? What? Well, uh, no, what? When you plugged veil, you brought the whole New York police force right down to my neck. Huh? Yeah. So, I... Uh, <laughs> I gotta return the favor. Well, what do you mean? I, I I just didn't think. No, you didn't. Leon, come on. We gotta get out of here. Will you shut up? Hey, now wait a minute. What's with you? I got a present for you, Ed. Huh? Leon. Huh? No, 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 boss. Put that knife away. Sure. No, no. Oh, Leon. Oh. oh, Leon. Oh no, no. What's the matter with you? What did you do that for? I'm in a tough spot. I go faster alone, baby. Alone? Yeah, baby. You mean... Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You'd leave me. Look, I got no choice. You know how it is, kid. One might get through, but two, no chance. Uh, nothing to say, baby? Yeah. Go on, get out. Just like that, huh? Then what would happen to you? You might help the, kip, uh, the cops find me, huh? Tell me, aren't you a little scared? No. Just sick. I've been sick since we got here. I wish I'd known what you were really like. I'd have laughed at you when you asked me to marry you. Oh? Well, go on, baby. Laugh now. Maybe it'll help. Well, go on. Laugh your head off. Trying nothing funny? <laughs> You're trying not to act scared. Jacoby don't scare you none, huh? <laughs> now I laugh. You're scared plenty because you think I might kill you. Well, well, say something. Don't just stand there. You're scared. You gotta be scared. Everybody's scared of Jacoby. Yeah. You slapped Jacoby. Okay, baby. Nobody slapped Jacoby. Not you, not the cops, not anybody. Maybe you like to beg me not to kill you, huh? Go ahead. Go on, beg. Oh. Okay. I think about you when I'm back in forensic, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'll river there at you. Jacoby, hold it. What? Stop, Jacoby. <laughs> Jacoby had waited six years to get a crack at me, and it looked like he was going to finally get his chance. The alley was a dead end. I stopped and listened. The back of the alley was stacked with boxes and along the sides, garbage cans. He could have been hiding anywhere along the line. I'm coming in, Jacoby. You want to give it up or do you want to play? The block's surrounded. Okay, okay, I ain't got a gun. Come on out. All right. All right, only don't shoot, Diamond. Walk over here. 
Now, you see, I ain't got a gun. Now, don't shoot, please. Shut up, slob, and start walking out. Why you gotta act like that for, huh, Diamond? Come on, Jacoby, move. Tell, what do you cops got against me? What'd I do, huh? Nothing, Jacoby. Not a thing. Start moving. Well, why you gotta get so tough? Or maybe you're scared. Scared to death. Now, if you don't hurry up and move, I'm gonna shoot you full of holes. I'm so scared. All right, Diamond, all right. I ain't got no gun, so you can push me around like that. What are you gonna do to me, huh? Why, not a thing. Haven't you heard? The city went out and bought you a yacht. They like the way you kill people, so they're gonna give you the yacht and send you back to Italy. Now, walk out of that alley. Okay, okay, okay. Now, you dirty... Over here, Walt. Over here. He pulled his knife on you, huh? Yeah, I didn't think I'd see it. Well, you're lucky you're dead. Yeah, well, I expected it. There used to be an old saying six years ago. When Leon Jacoby wants you dead, he'll use a knife and you'll lose your head. Now, he should have remembered I keep up on slogans. That's an awful story. Well, you wanted me to tell you about it. But it's so terrible, and you're so lucky. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You'll certainly know better next time. Oh, I'll never make the same mistake again. Well, I should hope not. Imagine being in such a hurry you've forgotten through your socks in with all those lovely white shirts. Mm, plaid now, baby. Did the color run that much? Sweetheart, when I got back to the office, it looked like Picasso had been in my wash basin. My shirts are ruined. Well, don't you fret. Mommy's going to buy little old Rick a whole new batch tomorrow. Oh, no, no, no. Really, I couldn't. Uh, it's just against my principles to take anything from a woman. It is, huh? Uh, definitely. What's that song you're playing? 16 neck, 33 sleeve. What? <laughs> oh, you oh. idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm bad. I dropped a real old hint. Well, I'll drop a little old hint, too. Very subtly, of course. Sing. Oh, baby, you're the subtlest. Climb aboard a butterfly and take off on the breeze. Let your worries flutter by and do the things you please. In the land where dollar bills are falling off the trees. On a dreamer's holiday. Every day for breakfast there's a dish of scrambled stars. And for luncheon, you'll be munching rainbow candy bars. You'll be living a la mode on Jupiter or Mars on a dreamer's holiday. Make it a long vacation. Time there is plenty of. You need no reservation just bring along the one that you love help yourself to happiness and sprinkle it with mirth close your eyes and concentrate and dream for all you're worth you will feel terrific when you get back down to earth from a dreamer's holiday Baby, you're the craziest. What? Now, where did you pick up that expression? Oh, I get around now and then. I know a couple of musicians. Oh, I bet they all play lead kazoo. Of 
Come here. What do you want? Well, I'll lay one on you. What? Oh. <sighs> What'd you think of that, Pops? You want the honest truth? Uh-huh. Mm, solid. just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg. Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, David Ellis, Gene Bates, Edmund McDonald, and Charles McGraw. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written and directed by Blake Edwards. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Sunday evening means stellar listening on NBC. Tomorrow, be sure to hear the American theater's foremost acting couple, Alfred Lunt and Lynn Fontaine, in the whimsical comedy The Great Adventure on the Theater Guild on the Air. And for another great adventure in comedy tomorrow, remember to hear the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show. Great entertainment Sundays on NBC. Next, it's Death in the Rain with Maureen O'Hara on NBC. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Diamond Detective Agency, handy hints on homicide. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Just pick a victim. All right. Got it? Yes. Six of spades. Oh. (laughs) Hello, Helen. Hi. Am I going to see you tonight, Rick? Uh, Depends on how many lights you leave on in the study. But are you coming over? Wouldn't miss it. I've been puckered up since 8 o'clock this morning. Francis has the night off. I'll have dinner for you in by the fire. Well, take it easy. The last time you built a fire, it got so hot I had to keep basting myself for a week. Oh, Rick. Sure. The next day I walked by Linda's and some guy grabbed me and shoved an apple in my mouth. <laughs> Said he'd get fired if I didn't climb back in the window and lie down. Oh, I'll see you tonight. Bye. Bye. Now, let's see. Where did I put the soap? Mr. Diamond? Oh, depends on what you want him for. If it's the rent, he's being buried over in Jersey this afternoon. My name is Dr. Edward Gerson from Bellevue Hospital. I have nothing to do with the rent. Well, if you're with the Sanity Commission, Diamond's still in Jersey. It is apparent that you are behind in your rent and you wish to remain buried in Jersey for the moment. Well, it's not as bad as it sounds. Are you a potential client? I'm a psychiatrist, Mr. Oh. Uh... Well, pick a good one. How about Apple Knocker? All right. I'm in a rather peculiar position, Mr. Applenocker. Oh, I don't know. I always sit like that. <laughs> for the past four days, I've been treating a young man for an unusual type of shock. What did he do? Run his electric train in the bathtub? <laughs> You're quite an interesting case yourself. 
Are you always so unconcerned when someone comes to you with a problem? Look, doctor, everybody's got a problem. That's why I'm in business. If you've got a big one, you'll get by uh, my little remarks, and I'll be glad to see what I can do for you. Quite a philosophy. All right, then. Let's both get down to business, Mr. Applenocker. Oh, now, uh, what's your trouble? This boy I mentioned, he disappeared five days ago. Hmm? You said you'd been treating him for four days. He couldn't have been gone very long. A day and a night. Hmm. He was found the next morning wandering through the Bowery. Unable to speak, unable to understand anything. I see. Someone took him to Bellevue. Luckily, the family's private physician is also on the staff at Bellevue. He saw the boy and called the family immediately. And you've been treating him ever since? Yes. Last night, the boy began to talk, make reasonable sense. Now, this would continue for perhaps a few hours, then he would lapse into a complete state of confusion. Each time, he was given a sedative, and each time, as the sedative wore off, he talked for a while, knew who he was, started to tell about the missing night, and then... Lapse once more into this state of, well, confusion. Hmm. And you think something happened during this missing night and he doesn't want to remember it. Correct. Did you ever study psychology? Uh, every day, Doctor. I get enough screwy cases in here to make your clientele look like a bunch of Einsteins. And now stop unlocking my mind. There's a draft. <laughs> well, as you said, this boy won't let himself remember something that happened on that missing night. He'll talk about everything up to that point, but... The minute he reaches it... Yeah, he jumps the tracks. Well, yes. Uh, what do you want me to do? You uh, know what I want you to do, Mr. Diamond. Okay, okay. Now, here's one that will throw you. You know what I want you to do? <laughs> the boy's family is quite willing to meet any expense that you feel is necessary. Oh, remind me not to take you on a double date. <laughs> if I don't discover what happened to this boy on the night in question, I'm afraid he might lose his mind permanently. These periods of confusion are becoming more frequent and sooner or later... He won't be able to distinguish between the real and the unreal. I'm going to put him under narcosynthesis this evening, and I'd like you to be present. All right, Doctor. What's the boy's name? William Carter. Be at Bellevue at 8 o'clock and ask for me. The boy's family will be there also, and you can tell them about your fee. Now, uh, just give me a quick answer and leave my motives alone. Is his family wealthy? Quite. And I'll see you at 8 o'clock, Dr. Gerson. You uh, would have anyway. Goodbye, Mr. Applenocker. You know, you can feel pretty silly when a guy like that walks in and answers all your questions before you got time to think them up. Anyway, I remembered my dinner date with Helen and put in a fast call to the little redhead. She was unhappy, naturally, but she said something about me holding the pucker and to drop around whenever I had the time. At 8 o'clock, I was standing in the long hall at the Bellevue Hospital. Dr. Murray, report to the second floor desk, please. Dr. Murray, to the second floor desk. Good evening, Mr. Diamond. Oh, uh, hello, Dr. Gerson. What's the matter? Dr. You look Hacker, a little nervous. Well, hospitals bother me. That's very Dr. interesting. Hacker, the family is at the end of the hall. Let's go down. Uh, tell me, Doctor, just what exactly happens when you put William Carter under this narcosynthesis? It's an intravenous injection. It unlocks those little doors in the back of his mind. Gets him to talk. You'll see. It's really very amazing. Uh, right here. Oh, good evening, Doctor. Mrs. Carter. How's the boy? Uh, not much change. This is Mr. Diamond, Mr. and Mrs. Carter. How do you How do? How do you do? How do you do? Uh, Mrs. Carter, uh, Dr. Gerson wants me to find out what happened to your son the night he was missing. Have you any idea? He said he had a date. When I asked him who it was, he wouldn't tell me. That's all we know. I think William will be able to recreate what happened for you, Mr. Diamond... Now, I'll leave you to discuss uh, business. And when you are through, stop at the desk. We'll show you where I am. 
Well, I... Well, I... I... Yes, Mr. Diamond. What is your fee? Oh, thank you. Believe me. A hundred a day in expenses. And uh, your retainer? One day's work. Mr. Diamond, can you help our boy? Mrs. Carter, I I don't really know. I'll write you a check. Oh, thanks, thanks. Mrs. Carter, uh, whatever it is that's strong enough to make your son jump his, uh, uh, lose his memory, it might you be... You think maybe it's something bad? I know it's something bad. How bad? I, I've got to find out. I hope it's not uh, more serious than I think. Oh, yes, I know. Here you are, Mr. Diamond. Oh, thanks. I'll keep in touch. <laughs> I left the Carters with that lousy feeling in my stomach. I looked at the check. Two hundred bucks. For what? Maybe a down payment on a man's sanity. Maybe not. William Carter could have done a lot of things that missing night. Maybe that two hundred bucks was going to be a mortgage on murder. I went down to the desk and an intern showed me downstairs to a small room with one desk lamp in the corner. I'm glad you didn't take too long. The patient will be down in a minute. Oh, uh, isn't this a little irregular, Doctor? I mean, uh, uh, oh, me listening in on a man's secrets? If he's done something against the law, I want you to find out whether it really happened. Well, if he tells you about it, it must have happened. He might have thought it happened. I can't take the chance. If he's committed some sort of a crime, I don't think I'll be able to do much for him. Now, I want you to sit behind that screen there and be perfectly quiet. Sure. Comfortable? Oh, yes, yes. The needle can't reach this far. Uh, this uh, should be quite interesting for you, Diamond, particularly in your kind of work. Uh, you can find out about uh, anything you want with this stuff, can't you, Doctor? If it's a recent shock, why? Oh, I was just thinking about a little blonde I know. Now, here he is. Uh, Roll him right uh, over here. Uh, oh. Now, lift him over on the bed. Uh, oh. It's all right, William. Everything's going fine. All right, thank you, nurse. How do you feel, William? Can you understand me? Say it again. Say it again. Can you understand me, William? Yes. Yes, yes, but keep talking. Say anything. Just, just make my mind stop jumping around. Sure, William. It's nice in this hospital, isn't it? Huh? It's nice in this hospital. Yeah. Oh, what's the matter with me? Just be quiet. Think about lying in a boat under the warm sun. Uh, lying in a boat. Lying in a boat. Lying in a boat. Uh-huh. Just lying in the sun, rocking back and forth. What are you going to do? This won't hurt. You're going to have a nice, long sleep. Oh, yeah, please, please. I want to sleep. There. Now start counting. Do what? Do what? Tell me again. Start counting. One. One. Two. Two. You're doing fine. Keep counting. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven, eight, nine. I sat behind the screen and listened to the doctor begin. At the start, Carter seemed almost glad to talk about it. 
He described the beginning of the evening. He had a date. A girl named Helena on 53 East 51st Street. Did you have a good time with Helena? Wonderful time. We went dancing. Where did you He go kept dancing? talking all about the evening. Uh, they danced and drank. We went to a little the doctor dancing. kept digging, working at him, looking for every little detail. After you got through dancing? We went to her apartment. We uh, had some more drinks. Pretty strong ones. Who made them? What? Who made the drinks? Helena did. Then he came in. Who came in? He did. The man. The man? The man just came into Helena's apartment. Who are you? Helena, who is this guy? What are you doing here, William? What are you doing? What do you want? Get out. Get out. I don't care who you are. I'm not going to get out, William. I don't believe it. You're not her husband. Stop it. Take your hands off her. He's hurting Helena. Yeah. I'll fix you. Helena needs help. There. You hit him. Yeah. Gotta get out of here. Why do you? I gotta... I gotta get out. He's dead. I killed him. Well, Diamond, did you hear enough? Yeah. It's up to you. Find out if he really did it. Okay. Thank you. For what? Well, according to William Carter, he'd gone to a girl's apartment, the husband had come in, and he'd killed him. Cases like that don't make me a happy gumshoe, but I had a $200 retainer in my pocket, so I had to keep going. My first stop was the 5th Precinct Police Station and Lieutenant Walt Levinson. When I walked into the squad room, I spotted Sergeant Otis tying a square knot in his shoelace. I'll be right with you, gumshoe. Hey, Otis, what happens when you break one of those shoelaces? Oh, what do you think happens? I get a new one. For those shoes? What do you use, the mooring line off the Queen Mary? Oh, why don't you lay off? I thought we was pals. Is the lieutenant in? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Otis, if your shoes wear out, why don't you do like the Dutch do? Oh, what's that? Wear wooden ones. Just go out and rent yourself a couple of rowboats. Oh. Hello, Walt. Good evening, Mr. Diamond, and thank you for stopping by so late. Well, now, what do you mean? You've got some horrible scheme up your sleeve, but I don't have to play straight, man. I'm off duty in exactly three minutes. It'll take two. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I want a list of DOAs for the night of November 12th. What's the matter? Can't you find a little old corpse all by your lonesome? Oh, shut up. Does the police department have to furnish you with one? Well, if you just cooperate, sassy, you'll be out of here in two minutes. Here. Now, thanks. Wow. Hmm, three of them, huh? If that's what it says. Why, is the one we haven't found? Two women and a man. Yeah. The man's my department, homicide. Mm. Herbert Fisher, found in his wife's apartment on 51st Street, married to Helena Fisher. Hmm. What about Helena, Walt? We're still looking for her. Neighbors say she and her husband hadn't been living together for several months. The old boy must have come home, found her with another guy, and got heated up. Either the wife or the other guy killed him. Huh? How do you know there was another guy? Well, the neighbors say a young guy started seeing her about a week before. Came up with her that night. We haven't a line on him yet, but we're checking. What killed him? Poker from the fireplace, beaten over the head. Oh, no prints. Nope, clean as a whistle. Say, what's with you? What are you so interested in this killing for? Oh, I just like to hear about crimes. Oh, now stop that. If you know something... I do know something, Walt. Yeah, what? One word. Will it help me solve this case? I don't know. Well, what is it? Bye. 
I left the precinct and headed back to Bellevue and Dr. Gerson. I had a hunch that was growing roots, and if William Carter's sanity was going to be saved, it would have to be done in a hurry. Up till now, only four people knew who was in that apartment when Fisher was killed. Myself, a missing girl named Helena, the potential killer, William Carter, and the good doctor. The girl hasn't gone to the police? Why, if William Carter did it? Well, that's what I've been asking myself all the way down here, Doctor. Unless she wants to protect him. That's the only one I could come up with. I want to ask you two questions, Doctor. First, do you think William Carter would pick up a poker and beat a man on the head? That's hard to say. He might. Would he then wipe his fingerprints off? According to what he told me, he killed the man and rushed immediately from the apartment. I'd say no to the fingerprints. Mm, That's what I'd say. He suffered the shock immediately after he killed the man. He knew he had to get out, but after that, he can't remember a thing. May I use your phone? Certainly. Doctor, how could Carter be sure that he'd killed the man? Why, I don't know. If you remember, he didn't say. He just said he'd killed him. Homicide, Lieutenant Levinson. I thought you were going home. I got to sit up with a headache. Oh, well, I want some information. Where did the murdered man live if he wasn't staying with his wife? Oh, now, wait a minute. We know who did it. Hmm? You do? Sure. Some guy named Carter. William Carter. I sent some of the boys over to his house ten minutes ago. How do you know he did it? Because Helena Fisher walked into the station and told us so. You got the girl? Yeah, we're holding her till we pick up the Carter guy. Seems Carter was in her apartment with her. I know the story. You do? You do? I'll be right down. Well, they've got Helena, Doctor. She says William Carter killed her husband. Yes, I heard. Well, I'm afraid I can't do much for him now. I think you can. There's one thing that smells too rotten to make sense. Why did William Carter take enough time to wipe off those fingerprints? Because he didn't want to be discovered. Well, if he didn't want anyone to know he did it, why didn't he kill the girl? Oh, good Lord, I never thought of that. I got an idea. And it may mean you bending the law a little, Doctor, but it might save William Carter. What do you want me to do, Mr. Diamond? Is there any way you can find out from Carter exactly what he did after he struck the man? Of course. When he comes out of his sleep, he'll be able to talk about it. Can he be moved? Well, yes, if it's necessary. Then get him out of here. Take him somewhere. Even if his family covers for him, it's just a matter of time until Lieutenant Levinson finds out he was picked up and put in here. This is extremely dangerous. Look, if he believes he killed this guy, the girl's story will hold water. The only way that I can see to make him snap out of it is to prove to him that he really didn't kill anybody. That's right. Uh, don't you think he did kill that man? Uh, maybe, but I doubt it. Can he walk? Yes. Good. Take him down to my office. Here's the key. Stay there until you hear from me. You know, I, I like you, Diamond, and I respect you, but this is... You want to save the boy's life? Of course. And get him down to my office. <laughs> left the hospital and grabbed a cab back to the 5th precinct. Sometimes when things don't add up like ABC, you've got to go out into left field for the answer. Everything pointed to William Carter and he believed it himself, but I kept thinking about those fingerprints. I told Walt my idea. Are you crazy? So the guy did wipe off the prints but didn't kill the girl. Whatever it. People do crazy things the first time they knock somebody off. Besides, you can't go around posing as a police sergeant. Oh, now stop that, Walt. Admit it. There's a hole someplace. But you told me yourself the Carter guy admits killing the girl's husband. In his condition, he'd admit anything. He says he did it. The girl says he did it. What more do you want? I don't want any doubts at all. Will you just try the idea? If you'll tell me where you've got William Carter. Promise not to have the boys there? Just you? Yes, yes, I get mixed up. He's in my office. 
Wouldn't you know it? Okay, Walt. Get the girl in here and tell her just what I told you. I don't need any rehearsals. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Send Mrs. Fisher in here. Right. I hope you know what you're doing. You're putting me in an awful spot. Well, if it works, Walt, the state won't burn an innocent man. Yes, but this... Uh, Mrs. Fisher, Lieutenant. Oh, come in, Mrs. Fisher. Thank you, Lieutenant. Sit down. This is Sergeant Diamond. Oh. How do you do, Sergeant Diamond? Uh, How do you do, Mrs. Fisher? We've checked your story and everything seems to be all right. You can go home, but please don't leave town. Uh, I'm terribly sorry about this. I I know I should have told you sooner, but William was... Well, I, I didn't know what to do. You did the right thing. Have you found William yet? No, but we will. Well, didn't you check his house? Isn't he with his family? No, he didn't come home at all. Oh, and that reminds me. You know, you're the only witness who can prove he did kill your husband. Oh, why, yes, I guess I am. Well, I'd be extremely careful. He just might, uh... Lieutenant, you don't think he might try and and kill me, too? Well, you never know. After a man kills once and he's got time to think about it, he's liable to do anything. Well, then, I I demand police protection. And you'll get it. Sergeant Diamond here has been assigned to the case. Oh, how nice. I'll do as much as I possibly can. Well, when do you start? Right now. I'll meet you out in the squad room right after I have a few words with the lieutenant. All right, Sergeant. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant. Perfectly all right. This is ridiculous. All right, all right. You get over to my office and pick up William Cart and the doctor. I'll stall Mrs. Fisher. Take her to a bar or something. All right. But if the commission hears about this, Sergeant Otis will be the new head of homicide. Nice, Sergeant Diamond. Do you always guard people like this? Just the pretty ones. Oh, thank you. If you really think William might try to harm me, you'll have to stick pretty close, won't you? Mm-hmm. Do you mind? Not at all. What time is it? Uh, 11.30. Getting tired? Yes, a little. It, it's been a hard day. I'll bet it has. What if William comes to my place in the middle of the night? Where will you be? Watching the front door, baby. He won't get in. Watching the door... From inside or outside? Outside, baby. Sorry. Uh, yes, so am I. Uh, here's my apartment, Rick. Wow, nice place. I don't like it very much since... Look, couldn't I stay in a hotel? Oh, no. Too many ways for a killer to get in. But do you really think William might try and, and get me? What's he hiding out for? Well, he, he could be scared. All the more reason. Men like that don't hide out for a week if they're going to give themselves up. And if William isn't going to give himself up, he'll probably try to get rid of the one person who knows he did the killing. But William isn't like that. He wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't what? Oh, I was just going to say he wouldn't kill anybody. But he did. He knows he did. Yes. Oh, I'm going out in front and check the building. I'll, I'll be back. Oh, do you have to go? That's a good idea. You just take it easy. But, but, but William has a key. Oh, well, then you better give me one, too. I'll be right out in front. Oh, all right, here. Uh, don't be too long, Rick. I can't stand this place long if I'm alone. Sure, baby. Yeah, yeah, 
I spotted you when you drove up. Hello, Doctor. I hope your plan works, Simon. Yeah. Well, hello, William. He can't hear you. I put him into a deep sleep. He'll only answer my voice. There's only one way that we can get him into that apartment. Well, let's go. Mrs. Fisher is scared stiff. William? Yes? Get out of the car. Uh, come on, Walter. You've got to be there to hear it. If we solve this one, I'll never tell anyone how. Let's go. Come with me, William. Now, William, remember, you are to go up to Helena's apartment and go in. Uh, here's a key, Doctor. Do you understand, William? I am to go up to Helena's apartment and go in. Here's the key. Use the key to let yourself in. The key to let myself in. When you're in, close the door and stand in front of it. And that's all. All right, Mr. Diamond. Here we go. The four of us went in through the front door and Dr. Gerson briefed William once more. Then we led him up the stairs and up to Helena Fisher's apartment. I could hear her humming as soon as William tried the key. We all ducked. Who's there? Rick? Answer me, who's there? (gasps) William! What do you want? William, what are you doing here? William, say something. Don't just stand there. Oh, you... You, you've got to get out. The police are looking for you. There's one downstairs right now. Well, say something. Stop staring. William, get away from that door. Please, William, please, please. I I know what you want, William. I, I won't tell anyone. William, say something. Don't look at me like that. You, you're going to kill me, aren't you? Look, William, you didn't do it. I killed him. I just told you he was dead after you hit him. When you left, I killed him with a poker. Will you please? All right, Alita. Oh, he was going to kill me. Sure, like he killed your husband. How's William, Doctor? I'll wake him up when he gets back to the hospital. He'll be all right when he reads Mrs. Fisher's confession. Rick? What's going on here? You better go along with the lieutenant, baby. Why? We heard your whole confession from outside the door. What? Why, I, I, I just said he was going to kill me. Also, we found some of your fingerprints on the poker. You're crazy. I wiped them all. Uh, she's all yours, Walt. Let's go, Mrs. Fisher. You tricked me. You tricked me into saying that. Come on, lady. I don't want to get rough. I'll kill you, too. I'll... I think you can take her along now, Lieutenant. <laughs> Holy cow. Why, Doctor. Well, I've never hit a woman before, but this one made me very unhappy. Well, you're a good doctor, uh, Doctor, but you're certainly no gentleman. You should have kicked her. kept you out so late. It's after midnight. Oh, I had to stick around and watch Otis turn into a pumpkin. Now, that's Cinderella. Yeah. Can you imagine Sergeant Otis as Cinderella? The good prince would slip his sacrum trying to haul his slipper around. Tell me a fairy story, Rick. Well, once upon a time, there were two idiots. Rick. And they lived happily ever after. Sing. Don't like it? Sing. I liked it. Sing. 
I'll do as I please. Rick? I love those dear hearts and gentle people who live in my hometown. Because those dear hearts and gentle people will never, ever let you down. They read the good book from Friday till Monday. That's how the weekend goes. I've got a dream house I'll build there one day with picket fence and rambling rows. I feel so welcome each time that I return that my happy little heart keeps laughing like a clown. I love the dear hearts and gentle people who live and love in my hometown. Well, how was that, honey? Well, Harold Applenocker. Where'd you pick up that there song? From my hometown, Mountain View, back up in the hills of Arkansas. Oh, that sure was mighty fine. Well, Lula Bell, I'm glad you liked it. Mind if I bust you up with another eight bar? Nope. Bust away. I love the dear heart and gentle people who live and love in my hometown. Well, well, yeah, I think I did pretty fine, that air song. Oh, yes, sir, you done busted me upright proper. Oh, you ought to come over to Mountain View sometime, little Bell. Got dear hearts and gentle people all over the place. Oh, I'd like to make the trip. Oh, you'd love the people. You'd love to see them, love to greet them. How would you greet them, Lula Bell? How would you greet them? What would you say? Howdy! Oh, they love you, Lula Bell. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Joan Banks, Sam Edwards, and Norman Field. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written and directed by Blake Edwards. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. What's on NBC Sunday? There's a full evening of great entertainment in store for you tomorrow on NBC. You'll hear rib-tickling comedy on the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. And for mystery, there's Sam Spade's latest caper. Tomorrow, Sam meets a Mr. Tom Turkey. For the very best radio fare, always tuned to NBC. Coming up, it's Brian Donlevy and Hollywood Star Theater on NBC. Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. We always appreciate reviews and comments at Spotify. We bring new episodes every Sunday at noon Eastern Time and Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Until next time, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.